0: and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Falad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Welcome everyone. This is another edition of uh, Voice of Fintech Live Speaker series. I started this podcast in June 2019, so I tell people this is not a COVID boredom baby or anything like this. This is part of my education and networking in the fintech space. And in in addition to doing podcast interviews, I wanted to do live events as well. One other reason is that it's very easy to go to live events and criticize this was not any good and I could have done it better, and then actually doing it. So in September 2019, I had uh, Dorian Sells as a first guest from the CEO of Squiro, which is an AI-powered startup working actually in financial services, coincidentally also backed by Finch Capital that was on the podcast uh, recently. And uh, we kept on doing this maybe every three months until the pandemic hit. And then, you know, it's been virtual panels. We also talked about crypto in September. And uh, today we're going to talk about tokenization mostly and the blockchain opportunities in 2021. I think that we have an outstanding panel here, everybody with strong credentials in the space and, and something to say for others also to know about what's coming in, th- in this space. So let me introduce first Lily Fang, who is a finance professor at INSEAD. That's a business school I went to. And sh- we will talk about the fintech course as well, which I'm going to coach as well, which came out. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Amy Lawrence. You know, everybody who's been in blockchain or crypto in the uh, last couple of years in Switzerland and in Europe knows Emmy, right? So uh, we'll hear more from her what's what's cooking. And uh, of course, you know, Lothar Cheriak, he um, is a well-known Credit Suisse alumnus. I know him from Credit Suisse. He's been heading institutional clients business at Bitcoin Suisse. And then uh, Anthony Lamy, who is the partner at Weekend Group in Geneva. Uh, Weekend Group is a blockchain uh, ecosystem builder. We're going to find out what that means and uh, his views about tokenization. Maybe let me start with Lily, because I mentioned already that uh, you know, you've been teaching finance at Inside, you, know, you can say to people how long, you know, it's up to you. But uh, you know, maybe when I took the MBA, but uh, when I did an MBA, but I didn't take a course with you because you were in Singapore and I was in Fontainebleau. But uh, now you have led the development of the new fintech course, which is hopefully going to be uh, well received. Uh, you know, it's a first edition, right? And uh, there you also talk about fintech as a part of innovation within finance as a whole, right? So what does that mean today, and uh, what do you see? in the future for fintech versus, you know, within finance? What do you think it's going to mean?
1: Thank you. Thank you, Rudy. First of all, thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. And I'm here actually to learn a lot from practitioners. You know, I'm an academic. I've been at INSEAD for 18 years, so (laughs) an old timer already. And I think that it's extremely important for us in academia to, you know, stay current with uh, events uh, like this. And so thank you for including me in this. So um, talking about FinTech, I mean, you know, everybody knows this is finance and technology, but there's a very, uh, I think it's very important to think about which comes first. Is it the finance that we're trying to, you know, kind of disrupt or is it the technology part of the finance? Because if you think traditional finance also already relies on huge amount of technology, you know, like computing powers 10, ten years ago You know, people started to build these high frequency trading and you want dead straight, you know, kind of transmission lines and so forth. So technology has never been um, far from finance and finance is never devoid of it. Right. So I think it's a very interesting question. Of um, you know, are we really trying to disrupt the finance part of it? You know how intermediation gets done, or getting rid of the intermediation, or is it the delivery channels that that we're talking about? Right. So it the, the finance, the, the, sorry, the technology part of it. So I think that this is just a super exciting thing because um, you know, in 1994, um, Bill Gates famously one time said, I think at that time he's already thinking about you know, getting into banking, he had this saying that said, you know, kind of, we need banks, Uh, we need banking, but we may one day no longer need banks. And this is Bill Gates in 1994. And I think that we're finally come to the point where, you know, I think that we can debate, um, you know, to what extent what he said has become true, you know, to what extent technology companies can literally, you know, replace financial uh, institutions, or financial institutions themselves increasingly becoming technology firms. And then of course, within that you also have just truly disruptive and new technology that come up, which is blockchain. And um, you know, um, this particular technology, I feel like it's the one, one of the few really true uh, disruptive ideas because it's a, it's a new way of uh, data architecture. It's a new way of organizing consensus and agreements. And uh, it, it's a an, you know, uh, it's not just an app, right? It's, it's a platform that allows so many applications. So I absolutely think that, you know, these kind of areas of finite fintech and the excitement, you can feel it. It's palpable and it's certainly going to be not a sort of a bubble like, you know, a few years and a fever. And then we kind of forget about it, right? It's going to be here to stay. It's going to have a long term impact. We just have to, um, we're still in the process of finding, you know, exactly how everything fits together and what's the right, you know, opportunity in space. So let me, you know, kind of, yeah.
0: You mentioned the blockchain and uh, the promise that the technology uh, could deliver, right? So maybe let's dig into it a little bit more before we speak to others as well. So what's your key message on blockchain? Are you a believer? Are you a hater? Or, mm-hmm. you know, did jury still out? Or, mm-hmm. you know, which, which way are you leaning?
1: This is so, such a great question. I really think that the blockchain technology is very, very promising. As I said, you know, it is one of the very few, if not only truly disruptive ideas of how to inter, how to how to do transactions, how to disintermediate, right? Because the whole thing is designed on the idea of we don't need a centrally trusted intermediary. And so it is a crowd based and it's a pure way of democracy. You can even go philosophical about this. And um, it, it's it's an entirely new idea. And it has, in addition to, of course, it gets a lot of press time because of, re- especially recently with, with the various cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. But I think that much beyond Bitcoin, there's just so much more broader applications, be it in identification, be it in tokenization, for example. And I, I happen to believe that tokenization is one of the most Ready to deploy, and as well as promising areas of application for this. So, as a technology, I really think that it has a great, you know, future you know, potential uh, for the future. But I do think that there are some challenges because the design. There's some inherent tensions between, you know, kind of open platforms, uh, you know, truly uh, sort of open networks versus versus. Uh, the efficiency, right? So, your blockchain itself, the original design, is truly the open blockchain, the public chain, but it has issues of you know, efficiency and so forth. So, I, but I think that you know the um, the the community, the technology industry, is constantly thinking about different ways of of doing this, and we are surely going to come to some kind of a good equilibrium where, you know, it gets adopted in the right type of use cases. And the technology itself keeps keeps on evolving. So I'm a totally a long term bull. I think on the blockchain technology, and I think that even even if you look at companies like J P Morgan, I think maybe two, two or three years ago, you know, the CEO of J P Morgan, um, you know, um, had said that you know, blockchain is uh, sorry, Bitcoin is is essentially sort of um, a, a scam, right? A Ponzi scheme. But nowadays, they're their internal kind of um, Chief technologist is saying, you know, you got to be on this. If you're not, you're going to be dinosaurs and going to be just eaten out. So, I think that they had a complete about face almost. Although I, had, I think that there is a distinction between blockchain as a technology in general versus the currency, you know, Bitcoin uh, specifically. So, so we can talk about that. But I, I'm, I'm uh, very bullish on on blockchain.
0: Great. I think this is a nice moment to turn over to uh, Lothar and you know Bitcoin Suisse, right? So Bitcoin Swiss, uh a lot of people have seen it uh, also on the trends, right? So sounded like you know focus on Bitcoin and potentially retail investors, right? But I know that this is much wider than this, right? So what's your connection to blockchain or tokenization, and uh, maybe also explain your role? I think head of institutional clients, and wh- what do you do at, block- at Bitcoin Suisse in uh, relation to tokenization, and blockchain.
2: Thank you, Rudy, for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Founded in 2013, Bitcoin Swiss is the crypto finance and technology pioneer in Switzerland. Bitcoin Swiss has helped to shape the crypto and blockchain ecosystem in Switzerland. It's been a driving force in the development of so-called Crypto Valley and the Crypto Nation Switzerland. But yes, indeed, our company as a regulated Swiss financial intermediary, I mean, today we offer an entire suite of, of, of products and services that includes prime brokerage, trading, custody, lending and staking. So for, for private and institutional clients, we have uh, quite a wide range of, of, of crypto products in, in our shelf. But then again, yeah, I must say, I mean, uh, we've seen in the last couple of weeks, months, I mean, exceptionally strong growth in, in client activity on, on on, obviously having the Bitcoin soaring to 60K, that is, is, is a, a huge development. And yeah, currently the company has over 200 employees based in Zug, where we have our headquarters, and we have a base in Liechtenstein and also in Copenhagen. So I think the business is thriving a lot. And uh, yeah, what is my role? I mean, I'm, I'm heading an area in Bitcoin Swiss, we're calling it ISP. Uh, ISP stands for Institutional Services and Products. Um, we're seen as a solution partner to offer to professional clients an interface, a gateway to, to reach the kind of services we provide as a company. And uh, we have an entire range of crypto products and markets to offer. If I could, I mean, if you allow me to give a few examples, to give that sure. a bit more uh, a clarity. Well, among other things, uh, we have recently launched, a co-launched with 21 shares, the company in Switzerland. The first ETP, exchange-traded product, uh, is listed now on the Swiss stock exchange to be traded. And Bitcoin Swiss uh, offers there our hyper-secure cold storage solution, important factor in the crypto world to have the safety of obviously storage. Then obviously, uh, we're in the past and still do. We have a lot of experience in, in ICOs, in token facilitations we most recently i mean we did recently a sale a successful fundraising up to six million us dollar was the size and that's through a private sale that was for swarm and 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 such kind of projects keep us really i mean extremely extremely excited and then maybe another field i mean one of the recent things uh, we started this year we actually kicked off an initiative called a corporate treasury initiative no surprise in that environment uh, engaged now with enterprises here in Switzerland. And and to say so, many of them are not using crypto at all these days. So And here comes the point, right? I I really must admit, I mean, the sheer size and speed of innovation and information in in the crypto financial industry, I mean, requires us and me constantly to stream developments in the market and the community community and, and everything which goes on. And for that, we also have a research department, really proud to say so. So we have a a fantastic research team who, well, exactly educates us internally, but obviously also our clients and, and and gives them all the insights to the crypto markets which are going on. So in a nutshell, that describes a little bit world of Bitcoin Swiss and myself.
0: Great, great to uh, reconnect, uh, Lothar. And uh, obviously, you mentioned cold storage. And uh, so that's a uh... You know, unrehearsed uh, segue to talk to Emi as well, she, you know, I would say she's a well-known crypto blockchain evangelist or, you know, promoter of the technology in Switzerland and, and in Europe. Emi, you work at the Ledger. So can you explain what is the problem that you're trying to solve? And, uh, and I think it has to do something with the cold storage, right?
3: Yeah, thanks, Rudy. Uh, and and I'm blushing uh for being so kind and, and giving me this uh compliment. Uh basically, Ledger is a security company which has been around since 2014, and it's here to provide with security for the consumers and also institutions who have critical digital assets. And in 2017 and 2020, during the bull run, uh we pretty much wrote a success story because we managed to scale and we we uh, sold 2.5 million. A little ledger nanos up until today, and since 2019, we also have a B two B arm where, um, which is called the Ledger Enterprise Solutions, and I have the pleasure to be part of that team. So I don't have much to do with uh, with the nano devices, and we are providing state of the art security for those institutions who have high amount of crypto assets and want to scale their operations while keeping their uh, crypto secure. I really like that Lothar, you you said um, in a celebratory way that Bitcoin recently reached 60k. We are now bouncing back uh, to 60, and and I know that this conversation is about tokenization and blockchain, but we cannot go by without mentioning Bitcoin because, in my view, crypto and blockchain cannot really be. Um, separated from each other.
0: Obviously, I know that you would like this to uh, proceed even faster, right? So, what do you think that the where the blockchain and crypto will be not in terms of numbers, so don't tell us the bitcoin price in 5 years time, that's too hard, but where do you think we will be in 5 years and maybe let's complicate it a little bit because maybe that's a too obvious of a question, but this is where you would like to be, right? So, do you think that we'll be behind? I guess so versus, you know, your your Wish, wishes but uh but let us you know let us know what do you think about five years vision for this space
3: well it's it's a challenge to say the least to say where we're going to be in five years um but um <clears throat> basically let me bring in here a researcher uh, and and mention his name uh, his name is Ville Wu And I really much enjoy uh, learning about uh, his predictions. And basically, in terms of Bitcoin adoption, he's saying that we are there today where we were with the Internet in 1997. And uh, within five years, or actually four years, so by 2025, uh, we will reach 1 billion um, users in Bitcoin. And that's equivalent of the 2005 of the Internet. So we are actually moving much faster with Bitcoin adoption than with, um, than with the internet itself. And uh, maybe, maybe also just to mention that for the first time in modern history, people are finally able to manage their assets independently of, of uh, banking and financial institutions, and they basically give a uh, homework to these banks or, or this this new invention gives some homework to the banks to to reinvent themselves uh, and uh, bring new and more value to their uh, customers and um, yeah in five years i think we will see we are already seeing now a great shift and we are seeing uh, banks being part of the narrative i mean i think yeah, whatever it happens in 5, 10, 20
2: years, I mean, the potential scale of this technology, I think, and uh, I mean, can take a massive form and probably mostly still underestimated even by its most vocal advocates. And uh, so from there, I think Bitcoin, and because you mentioned it, I want to come. Yeah, I mean, is, is still uh, the the thing we have in 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 a first use case of, of blockchain, which is the Bitcoin itself, and because you want to talk eventually about tokenization, I think on a blockchain point of view, uh, Rudy also, I mean, we already have first use cases too, and, and and I would here go into the decentralized finance space where I believe this is the first really. Uh, making sense and, and, and business uh, evol- evolving, developing there, and in particular on public blockchains. So I, I think there is a lot of activities already going where we see fruitful situations becoming really lively and 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 large.
0: Great, great to hear. So, you know, before we lose Anthony, let's uh, also ask him what he thinks, And but let's introduce a little bit Weekend Group, right? So Anthony, you are partnered with Weekend Group in, uh, in Geneva, and uh, you are working on, Implementing blockchain solutions rather that you know rather this than focusing on crypto and digital currency. So w- let's explain a little bit about weekend group. What's your ambition and then how do you go about providing solutions in this space using blockchain?
4: First of all, thanks already for having me. Yeah, we can group is a blockchain venture builder. So what we have been doing for the past um four years now is to assess the um, use cases for blockchain so obviously yeah everybody a few years ago was already talking about crypto but very few people investigated further or very few are actually building other uh, application i say it because we we every day face new challenges because it's still extremely new so finding people or uh, when you have a an issue with the technology. Not that many people can help you with uh, with the topic. And so, what we've been um, doing is uh, working on several verticals to assess what are potential use cases for blockchain. Obviously, we we talked with finance, but we've also developed use cases in the like uh, we we have a solution uh, using blockchain for the mountain guides. In Switzerland, but uh, going back to finance, we have developed and we have live right now two products. One is called We Can Tokenize, which is an end-to-end tokenization platform. Uh, We are um, very strong believers in tokenization and um, the token economy. Uh, it's going to be a very fascinating year for this um, for this technology because um, we see a lot of marketplaces are going to, to launch, which was kind of the missing piece of that whole ecosystem. So that's going to be extremely interesting. And, um, and another use case we have launched a few weeks ago is called We Can Comply, which is a very good blockchain use case for banks to simplify their compliance work with their business partners, such as independent asset managers. Trustees, brokers, as you probably know, like banks uh, have to exchange a lot of information with these people day in, day out. And right now they're doing that in a mix of uh, email, phone calls, uh, still a lot of paper. And uh, blockchain brings an extremely good technology to simplify those exchanges and create trusted digital ecosystem. So in this ecosystem, we managed to already have 10 banks with us for the launch very traditional banks jumping on board with us trusting us and trusting the technology so lombardier picte uh, mirabeau banks like that rail are, are on the network and we're working with them to to go further uh, leveraging this technology and seeing how we can best help simplify their business in all of these um, compliance exchanges it does uh, it might sound Boring, but we like boring. I think it's it's critical to build to use to use digital to solve all of these um, matters that are um, that are yeah, um, taking it a lot of time. A lot of people in finance will take you, will tell you that compliance and administrative work is their biggest burden. We are really happy to, to be able to tackle such a such an issue.
0: All right, thank you so much, uh, Anthony. So. But let's push you a little bit. What if the blockchain is not the right solution? What do you do then?
4: I'm also personally a big believer, uh, having worked in the tech industry for more than 10 years. um, And I I see that uh, I've seen, I've lived from inside this trend of uh, our lives uh, becoming more and more digital. And if you've not... Seen it now, this pandemic situation makes it extremely obvious for everyone that everything is becoming digital and, uh, it's a big, it's becoming an, a super big part of your life. And, um, bringing trust in this digital world is the next big thing there is no other thing. And blockchain technology is that's exactly what it does. There isn't anything uh, like this at this moment, competing at that kind of level where you see. Tons of projects emerging from all over the world, uh, leveraging that technology. I think, um, yeah, of course, the, 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 what's happening in crypto is extremely interesting. If you think the, the, the if you see the amounts we're talking about now, um, there is a, there is a lot of appetite for hackers. We see less and less hacks, and actually, yeah, you see that it's a rock solid technology. So, um, so um, I strongly believe that uh, it is uh, it is the right solution and it's going to shape our digital lives uh, for the next uh, 10 to 20 years.
0: Switzerland now lets tokenize securities trade on a blockchain with the same legal standing as traditional assets. The new law went into effect uh, recently and uh, Swiss lawmakers decided to adapt the current legislation for specific features of DLT rather than to create the new law. What do you think it means for the DLT and blockchain prospects in Switzerland this year?
1: I think that this guarantees that it, the legal guarantee essentially, I mean, you know, we know that there is this shoe, shoe printer has this institutional view of development, right? You need to have the uh, regulatory and financial institutions behind for the development to, to occur. So I think that this is gonna be one of those cases. I think that I can easily foresee that this will trigger a lot of activities in terms of issuances, uh, you know, origination of, of tokenization Security uh, tokens and uh, security tokens, and as well as the secondary uh, trading and liquidity, which is what makes this market uh, thriving. And you mentioned the comparison to the financial crisis, and that was, of course, you know, securitization almost became a dirty word (laughs) after the crisis. But with every you know innovation, people forget when something goes badly, you know, the original. thesis of the innovation is there. It created a huge amount of value for society. Now, when something go wrong, when incentives went wrong and went to some extreme, you'll have bubbles and crashes. And these things happen in, in, you know, in financial world. So, but I, I do think that, you know, if you think about what securitization did, which is to broaden the access to many investors in terms of what they can invest in and broaden the access to capital, for companies and for entrepreneurs to raise capital and this is going to be the next wave of that right and so in, in my mind in my rather um sort of um i try to distill things to just its basic pieces tokenization is just the second securitization 2.0 it's sort of enhanced and much much more advanced way of doing that and you will be able to create this marketplace where you have a matching between you know investors and um assets and entrepreneurs. And, and that's, that's, that's the right direction to go. So I think that this legislation, as Lothar explained very well, is setting Switzerland to be becoming the center of this. And it's very exciting.
0: All right, that's cool. And, uh, well, I would ask Emi, you know, if you look at it from a Bitcoin perspective, do you think that these sort of things are potentially fueling the Bitcoin more or Bitcoin has its own life anyway? What do you think that means for related areas, which is, you know, crypto digital currencies?
3: Yeah, so basically what we have seen at Ledger Vault or Ledger Enterprise Solutions is that most of the institutions are wanting to offer Bitcoin and Ethereum to their clients, not only because there is a demand from from their uh, customer base, but also because they want to get their infrastructure ready For where when tokenization kicks off, and and I'm positive that Lothar is uh, sharing uh, this view as well. I don't think that uh, Bitcoin or yeah, like how Bitcoin evolves, uh, must be directly linked to it. Uh, I I definitely see a future where where Bitcoin is going to thrive even more so, and it's going to um, be widely accepted. It's going to be billions of people on the globe who are using Bitcoin, uh, not only just because uh, there is no intermediary, but also because it's also a mindset and a shift in culture as well. And um, what what is worth to add here, maybe that... um, yeah, I mean I mean what is not going to be tokenized. I, I think that now with art and music and Kings of Leon for instance and then and so many like like the internet is basically being now owned uh through owning an NFT. So this is so exciting and it opens up a whole new um way of adoption. And uh, and yeah, um I think it's just um worthwhile to to be part of this and see how it evolves.
0: All right, and uh, you know, Anthony, you talk about creating blockchain solutions, the ecosystem, etc. Can you think of so any examples?
4: First of all, I'm going to say we have a tokenization platform, so we strongly, strongly believe in uh, that it is going to, to take off. Uh, that hasn't taken off yet. Um, one of the missing pieces in, in Europe, um, outside the US, is the, the, the lack of a marketplace. Where people can can have a real secondary market where there is liquidity and you can start exchanging those tokens cross border uh, seamlessly, etc. This is this is still missing. Uh, once that that is um, put in place properly, it is very likely uh, going to to take off. So yeah, we've been we've seen a lot of projects, a lot of uh, we've done projects on um, organizing uh, real estate. It's uh, kind of a very uh, very obvious use case. A very sure one is people know the underlying assets really well, very easy to explain. And now it's a bit frustrating that uh, this secondary market and these marketplaces aren't there yet to increase um, attractivity and, and have this, this tokenization promise uh, fully delivered.
0: Right. So, what you're saying is we are somewhere where we can tokenize things, but if you want to trade it, then that's a little bit more difficult, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. You can do you. You can issue tokens. You can have a animate your primary market. But then, when it comes to secondary market, it's becoming uh, much more tricky these days. And 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 then next to that, we there there was also some challenges with the custody. I'm sure, me is on top of this. Now, yeah, people needed to get uh, ready to to be able to to store those tokens. And uh, thank God, we're seeing more and more banks getting ready. For, for that uh, for that next phase being able to custody um, tokens or, or digital assets for their clients so that that's going to be also that's a, a good signal
0: all right so you're saying I should be more careful with my uh, crypto Lambo or something like this because I might be stuck with it right
4: no 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 it's coming it's coming it should be like a it's very likely that the second second part of 2021 will start seeing those those marketplaces being launched at least in Switzerland. And so that's that's going to be uh, so you will not be stuck with this uh, with your token. Don't worry.
0: Okay. So uh, coming back to Lothar, I mean, you already mentioned a lot of examples on you know what you do for institutional clients and things like this. But maybe if you have a few more on tokenization, you know, there are things that you've been working on or potentially can already mention that they are in the pipeline where you think that um, you know you could be involved as well. Well, you know, in whichever capacity, right? Of course, you know, Bitcoin Swiss maybe has a a particular angle right
2: i'm happy to do so i mean from past experience we have, we have done our own uh, swiss crypto franc which is a, a stable coin that has been a tokenized uh, asset at that time where we where we obviously have self issued that then um, we have to to provide wall services for wrapped bitcoin on Tesos blockchain so those are kind of uh early cases which uh, we, we we got to yeah, established. But uh, I must also say, I mean, in terms of tokenization, we take it probably as Bitcoin Swiss a bit slower in that space than others. We, we still, I mean, of course, we we, we keep all options open. But uh, as I said once uh, before, I mean, we see probably in the in the space of decentralized finance and and in in those uh, public blockchains a lot of steam coming. We we hope and and the way we see and we compare it a little bit to the internet in the early days, right when 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 you see. An email is better than paperwork, right, And a paper mail. And, and the way how we see now decentralized finance, it, it just offers premier solutions on an on, on instant settlement blockchain, which is probably getting in that hype we are in currently to solutions, which then finally moves uh, traditional finance. Uh, and here we talk about trading, settlement, um, interest rate stuff. I mean, all these kind of classic things onto the blockchain. So, I mean, comparing to tokenization with, let's say, the decentralized uh, field, we feel right now um, we have um, r- larger opportunities currently in, in that area. However, I mean, with the Swiss law, as, as we pointed out, I mean, there is there is lots in the, in, the, in the pipeline and uh, we see movers uh, coming in. Uh, interest is, is high, but um, it probably needs time. Still early days. I mean, we should remind ourselves that we are still young in, in a field and uh, we're talking here. Really working on a on a on a operation which is just going on and getting up right now.
0: All right, and you know we talked about what uh, let's say Emmy thinks it's going to happen in five years. You know Lily talked about the where we are today. You know what are the pros and cons, or whether the jury is still out, and what's the outlook long term. And uh, you know Anthony solutions on blockchain and tokenization as as well. But let's maybe not put the time time stamp on it. But if you think end state whatever you think it is where it's going to be mature technology what do you think is going to happen where do you think that we will land in other words you know there are some books i mean i'm going to mention you know mr Tapscott and blockchain revolution right which talks about everything in the world will be sorted by blockchain there are other people who are on the other extreme so where are you you know whether that's in five years 10 years or 20 years what do you think? Where are we going to land with uh, with all this? And maybe I'll start with uh, Lily as a, a more uh, macro view.
1: Yeah, I think um, well, we talked a lot already. I think I agree with what Emmy said. You know, in in a way, if you think about it, in the future, what is not going to be tokenized? I think I also agree that the adoption of cryptocurrencies will broaden. You know, among the uh, you know, in the in the general population, um, just because as I said in the very beginning, and I think, Emmy and also, you know, emphasized that, you know, this is a new way for people to manage their own uh, financial affairs, right? In the sense that you don't have this intermediary, you can't even do things away, you know, from the central bank and everything else. So I think that there's certainly going to be a, a market for that. Um, so I think in general, um, I th- this is going to be very bullish. Um, I have a bullish long-term view on that. Um, the the, some of the issue though is that within the boundaries of Switzerland you can have very smooth regulations you can have a closed loop where everything works out very well but if you actually try to extend the footprint then you needed regulatory smoothness and coordination among different countries and I think that that's a little bit of a tricky thing right and um, also the interface between blockchains, uh, even public chains like Bitcoin versus the real world. because I don't think in the next 20 years still, even though there's going to be large, perhaps large adoption of Bitcoin cryptocurrencies, um, the fiat currencies are still not going to go away. Central banks are still not going to go away in every single country. So it's the friction between going from the in you know kind of closed loop of the cryptocurrency world, uh, to the outside you know I think the volatility will still be here uh, in the sense that um, you know the um, just like the fiat currency there's no fundamental value it is in what people believe what it's worth. And so with fiat currency you do have the central bank essentially the tax authority to uh, have some kind of you know backing to this value. So I think that the tr- the challenge will come, from the boundaries, in the boundaries in the sense that across different countries, you know, regulations are not harmonized. And also between the crypto world and the real world, you know, the, the sort of um, uh, moving in between. And the movement in between, you still need a centralized organization like companies, right? In, in the end, we're still back in this world where you need intermediaries and centralized intermediaries. And hacking risks is always happening to these entities rather than the bitcoin itself the blockchain itself cannot be hacked so i think that these are the things i kind of think about as 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 challenges um, but i i don't think that this is kind of going to stop the growth of this this industry it's just that you know we haven't really figured out
0: everything yet okay well i think that backs for uh, emmy's response as well right
3: yeah, maybe if you let me, I just want to say, compliment it to Lothar and to the entire Bitcoin Swiss team that you guys always provide exposure to your clients, to the latest innovation and the latest products in the space, be it DeFi, be it staking. So I think that's very remarkable and and it's second to none what we see in Switzerland. Um, so so major kudos, kudos there, definitely. And then on your earlier question, Rudy, where you're ask, you were asking about examples, um, I, I did not say, but would love to say that uh, that the vault was selected by SOCGEN to provide CBDC security solutions. So we are proud to be working together with the traditional bank on this. And looking into the future, definitely we need more standardization in regulation, because if we have this arbitrage among countries, this regulatory arbitrage, then, you know, just, yeah it's It's not a big stake or volume, so yeah, we just need to need to get to a standardized solution when it comes to regulation. And um yeah, like like when you when you were asking what is in for ledger, we think that a lot of uh, <clears throat> excuse my voice, a lot of uh, traditional custodians are going to move into. The digital asset space, and they will need an infrastructure to secure those critical digital assets, and and we are here to to serve these uh, clients uh, on the consumer and also on the institutional um, arm.
0: All right, and uh, well, coming back to Lotar, actually, uh, sorry, Anthony will will come to you as well. What is your big picture, very very long term view? And, uh, you know, I would ideally ask you what do you think is going to be the Bitcoin price by December and then in five years time, in 10 years time. But it's not about uh, recommending um, or uh, putting out an investment advice today, but what's your view on uh, the adaptability and the use case, you know, whatever the end state is going to be.
2: I mean, let me start with the short term. Maybe to answer it, I almost uh, would like I can use a quote. I mean, Su Chu from Three Arrow Capital recently said. I mean, the hype is usually right but early. So we have a hype in certain conditions of market uh, and and development. So, but then again, right? I mean, it 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 will come to the point. In my point of view, that that we're still early. I mean, uh, in a digital age, which we all believe we're we are, right? I mean. Isn't it to have Bitcoin as the better store of wealth than gold, and all these transitions into not only thinking in acting, then also these beliefs uh, and and incrementing them in, in 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 whatever you take for decisions? I would say is is still a way to go, but starting right now and in the middle of it. But yeah, I mean the long term outlook, uh, I, I, it's it's clear. I mean. Uh, prices have potential to go up. I mean in my personal view it's it's um, still uh, early days. I mean we talk here in a 5 10 year horizon and then you realize uh, how fast it can go and uh, I have no crystal ball for looking into the price charts but um, yeah there are 21 million bitcoins and not so many left to, to mint and uh, so at that point uh, it's uh, a scarce resource uh, which is, is is out in the market. But much more important is obviously the industry and uh, the entire technog- te- technological stake, which which is being built with with the smartest brains we can think in the industry. And uh, Bitcoin Swiss will help to adapt and to make our clients part of this journey. So yeah, I'm very optimistic about all these things. And uh, thanks for the compliments, Amy. Try our best to be to our clients' needs.
0: Brilliant. And Anthony from Weekend Group, uh, from let's say blockchain perspective or digital assets, what's your long term vision? Again, wherever the long term or end state is. And uh, also, what are your ambitions? You know, you started in Switzerland, in Geneva. Uh, You have clients from the banking sector that are international as well. What are your plans there? How do you see it uh, panning out for you?
4: So maybe I'll I'll start with that. Our our ambition is definitely international. So uh, we try to Prove that um, our solutions are working extremely well in Switzerland, and making sure that the banking industry recognize uh, what we are doing. And, and then, um, actually, uh, very, very soon, we're going to expand in like usual suspect places uh, where we need to to operate, like uh, Singapore. We've been, yeah, we already have a lot of contact in Singapore, Luxembourg, London, um, you name it. Back to to the long term view, uh, we have. Um, a perspective that yes, um, fintech and like smaller companies or challengers or new new banks like uh, or new newcomers like Bitcoin Suisse are are going to shake the market. But at the end of the day, if, you, if we all want this to properly scale, you will need the the classical finance industry to jump on board and and help more traditional people to to embrace these new technologies, also simplifying the access. Uh, right now it is still a little bit uh, complicated. you need to be uh, a bit educated to understand it, it all. we We believe that, uh very soon you will you will be able to 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 manage those digital assets the same way you manage your assets in your portfolio uh, with your classical bank so uh, that's probably horizon 5 years i hope so at least for the first movers so um, and we 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 want to position ourselves as a, a partner for the banking industry so rather than going there and saying we're going to challenge you we actually work with them and in that journey
0: Understood. So, on that note, I would ask everyone uh, maybe to share with people that are interested in this topic how to get uh, in touch potentially. What's the best way to find out about what you do? You know, whether that's Lily Adinciad in terms of research or teaching or Amy at Ledger in terms of security, uh, Lothar you know, at Bitcoin Swiss, obviously wide range of activities, and Anthony as well in the blockchain space as well. So maybe Lily, one final uh, statement, and uh, what's the best way to reach out?
1: Just uh, through you, <laughs> and also find me just from Insiad website. You can find me, and I really so much enjoyed hearing from uh, the expert and uh, you know, look forward to to meeting you again.
3: Lothard inspired me uh, with his quote, so I had to think of another quote, which is uh, from the economist Gibson, and he says that the future is here, but it's not evenly distributed. And uh, I think this is so exciting that we can witness how the distribution of the future is going to happen in front of our eyes. And I'm um, happy to give uh, anyone who's interested a demo of the Ledger Vault. And I'm um, uh, best to be reached uh, either on Twitter or on LinkedIn.
0: Cool. And uh, Lothar, final words? Easy. Uh, I'm reachable on, on the webpage
2: of Bitcoin Swiss, uh, Teriak at bitcoinswiss.com or LinkedIn. So reach out
0: to me anytime you like. Thank you.
4: To find us, uh, thank you, really. Uh, you can go yeah, on LinkedIn, uh, we can group. Or we can group.ch go find uh, what we are doing. And yeah, as I said, uh, we, we, we're more than happy to help people in the finance industry navigate these new, these new times and, and partner with them. So if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out.
0: Brilliant. So thank you so much, uh, Lily, Emmy, and Lothar and Anthony for joining and obviously everybody listening. Thank you, Rudy. Thank, Thank you, Rudy. Rudy. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye, Thank you, bye everyone. Bye, bye. bye. Have a nice Thank evening. You. Bye, bye. Thank you. bye, bye. Thank you for listening to Voice of FinTech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of FinTech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceofintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.